You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome to you. This is one of those special episodes of the podcast where we get to interview someone and hear their story of how they came to Christ and how God has worked in their life. And today I have a special guest, uh, Pastor Les Hill, back with us. Well, we had uh, Pastor Les on and his son Josiah uh two podcasts ago, uh, two episodes ago, and I hope you had a chance to watch that. We talked about wisdom as it relates to the family. and uh, But now we have Pastor Les back with us, and um, Pastor, you're going to uh, sh- share uh, your testimony of salvation, but could you just start out by reminding us uh, a little bit about yourself right now, and then we'll go back and ask, uh, what was your childhood like? How was sure. your, how, how did you end up where you're at today? Okay, well, right now I am in Lucan as the pastor of Gospel Baptist Church, Lucan Village. We've been there for nearly 17 years and um, we're missionaries and we helped start the church. It was already a Bible study group. We were able to form it into a church and 17 years later we're still there and um, God's been good to us. Mm, Amen. Very good. Okay, and uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? Okay, well, that's a hard question to answer. Yes and no is the answer. I mean, yes, I was brought up in a Christian home and my dad read the Bible to us, but the the no bit is things went awry, things went wrong in the home. Okay. And um, I guess where I want to get to is when when you were younger, did uh, did you have any faith when you were younger? And did you ever see yourself being where you are today as a Baptist pastor <laughs> preaching the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should ask that question. I do not remember how old I, I was, but I remember as a child, I mean, as a young child, walking around the garden thinking God had something for me. And I didn't know what it was, but I always felt I had like a destiny with God, you know. Wow. To do something. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And uh, what was your, when you were younger, what was your understanding of, of the Bible and salvation? You know, that's a very good question. Um, when we were really young, um, let me just say the things that went around in our home was that it was a divorce and uh, my parents split up never to be reconciled in that sense mm. when I was very young, when I was only four. So I'm going to backtrack then. Before that, my dad used to go to different churches. We were going to a, a Baptist church in in. Dublin City Centre called Grace. And then we ended up going to another Baptist church in um, Rathmines called Grosvenor. So we went to a, a few different churches there. And I grew up going to Sunday school class. I grew up reading the Bible. My, I grew up with my dad giving us, there was this book called Quest that would teach us about God. I still remember it was very good and very helpful. I grew up going to youth camps, Christian youth camps, CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship, youth camps. So I grew up with Christianity. Hmm. Okay. Now, um, maybe I'm skipping too much here, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think I recall you went to Trinity College. Yeah. Okay. And well. you studied theology there or something. What were your plans? <laughs> okay. Well, that's really interesting. Now we're skipping too far ahead, <laughs> but I can just quickly mention um, the reason why I did uh, theology in Trinity College was not because I wanted to study theology at Trinity College. I was, I was in my school, high school in Rathgar, and and in that school. One of my teachers, my physics teacher said, fill out your CAO form and you just whatever you do, get into college and just pick a course and put it in there so you can get into college, which I 
I, I mean, I get the point what he's getting. It wasn't the best of advice for me, for sure. So I just said, oh, I'll just pick biblical studies in Trinity College. Now, I was limited to Trinity because I didn't have a language. I didn't realize that when you did your leading search, you needed to have a language for it. So back then, you needed Irish, English, and maths, plus another language, which I didn't realize. And mm. Trinity College was the only uh, college that didn't require that, unless you want to go to a technical college, but I wanted to go to university. So long story short, I was limited to Trinity College. And with that, I chose biblical studies because I missed business studies, uh, BESS it was called back then. <laughs> but it wasn't totally random. It wasn't uh, going random. into biblical studies because you had <laughs> uh, you'd had some kind of at least, could I say, religious inclinations or feelings when you were younger that yeah, kind of led you in that direction. Yeah, and and uh, that was really interesting because when I went to Trinity, I realized that what they taught there was the polar opposite of what I believe as a Christian, really? uh, which huh. which would really shock you. So yeah. maybe we should go back, work way our way up to, sure. to get yeah. there to Sounds maybe good. make things make more sense. So what happened was um, my parents split up when I was about four, and. Uh, that created an emptiness in me that only God could fill. My sister had some emotional problems going through that. Breakups are never good. There's nothing good about divorce. Um, I don't believe it's God's will. It's just, but these things happen. We live in a fallen world mm-hmm. with sin and marriages break down. And, and sadly, sometimes those marriages become to, come to the place where they're not re- reconcilable, which right. is tragic and is not God's will. But that's what happened in our family. And and uh, it, was, it was unusual because back then marriages you live together you make things work you live in separate rooms but we stick together for the sake of the family that didn't happen for various reasons in our family at the time and and so we were uh in a situation where at the age of four i was woke up one day and there was no mother and i grew up Mm. with that and that was hard for me it was very difficult on my sister and growing up in a home where i had no mother um i was empty and 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 that was a that was God ordained in my life from the point of view of God used that in my life to show me I needed something greater than a functional home. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so I suppose to 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 go on with that, then my dad um, was spiritually minded. Now he was struggling a lot, as you would if you have just been through a marriage breakup, and mm-hmm. he he it really hit him very very hard. And I remember that, and he he realized that we needed God. And so he did his best. And so what he did was he sent us to these youth camps. And he knew at these youth camps we'd hear the gospel. And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, mm-hmm. and it was explained to us at this camp that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of our sins. And at this camp in Drogheda, I remember I remember being at this camp and, and, and I, I knew that Jesus died on the cross. We all know that. But mm-hmm. it hit me for the first time. He died on the cross for all my sins and it became personal. And the, there was a this object lesson used different colors. Our sin was as black as could be. The red blood of Jesus was shed on the cross. And uh, our sins could be washed away and our hearts could be made white as snow. And we could walk the streets of gold, the yellow streets of gold, you know, and all these mm-hmm. colors. But but I remember that was explained and it was ex- the cross was explained and it became personal to me. And and the, the preacher asked a question I'll never forget. At the end of the mess, at the end of the message, at this youth camp, there was seventy teenagers or kids. They were kids. We weren't even teenagers. Mm. He asked the question, "Who in here would like to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as personal savior?" I raised my I do. I want Jesus in my life. I want God in my life. So I got down on my knees. I repented of my sin. I asked Jesus to be my savior, and I got saved. And I knew I was saved. And that began my journey. 
Hmm. Wow. Uh, you, you touch on a, a really important point that I know I've uh, I've talked tried to talk about in the past here on the podcast, but uh, the fact that you had a general knowledge that yeah. yes, Jesus died on the cross, and you're right, everybody knows that. Uh, but when you talk to people and you ask like, why did Jesus die on the mm-hmm. cross, um, or what did God do for us in order that we might be saved? They're not really connecting that. Right. Jesus died for my sins. Right. And so you had to have that like aha moment. Yeah. Oh, this is for me. <laughs> yeah. It is eureka moment, you know, because, you know, this is a Catholic country. Well, at least it used to be anyway. But, but you know, whether you're Catholic or whether you're Protestant, you're, you're, you were raised, <clears throat> we were raised up with the 3%. We say that the, we were the Protestants, you know, but to mm. me, it's a, mm-hmm. immaterial anymore. But mm. we were raised, we, we, from that culture, you're raised that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all your sins. We all believed it, but it was never personal. Mm. It was just far removed. But now we know Jesus died on the cross for all ever since. We all know that, but you have to be a good person, live your very best, and hopefully you'll make it to heaven in the end. And there was a complete disconnect mm. between the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of our sins and how to get to heaven. There was no one putting the pieces together. I, I liken it right. to a, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. It's thrown up in the air. All the pieces are there. They fall to the ground, but no one's putting it together. You don't know how. Wow, yeah. And then one more thing, <clears throat> are you actually telling me that a young person is a sinner? Oh yeah, and needs Christ as their savior. <laughs> you know, again, uh, most uh, so many people out there <clears throat> think that children don't sin yeah. and they're just completely innocent before God and whatever we might perceive as sin is just them trying to learn and grow and it's self-preservation. But what you're telling me is even a child needs a savior. Well, David said in, in the Psalms, behold, I was shapen in iniquity. You know, mm. Paul wrote in Romans, there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned to come short mm. of the glory of God. We've all we've all sinned. And look. From, from, d- uh, from the age of a, when we were first conscious and be able to make choices, we sinned. Absolutely. You know, we're born sinners. You know, the thing is, and like we, we were all Anyone who has who's forty and up, you know, and was raised when you're born a sinner. We're all born sinners. We have this predisposition to sin, and and the thing is that I knew it as a child. I knew I was a little rascal. I remember (laughs) walking around in my house, going through the Ten Commandments. I must have learned the Ten Commandments and must have been taught the Ten Commandments and and going through them. I said, "Oh, I break that one. I break that one." And okay, I've never killed anyone, but you know, in your heart, you've sinned. You know, in your heart, Mm -hmm. you said bad words. You said God's name in vain. You've told lies. You've stolen something. I remember my dad had this jar in his bedroom. And uh, I hope he's not watching this podcast. But anyway, he had this jar in his bedroom where he had all this uh, sterling, all this sterling, all this money. And I, I would go into it and take the money out. And I go to the bank we'll and exchange it. Out. Yeah, cut this out. But the point is, you know, we've all sinned. We've all, and I knew I was a sinner. He's going to want that back. With He's going to want the, I, with I, interest. I, I told him as well when he, when I was a kid. I put my hand in his pocket, so I take the money out of it and I spend it. Yeah. You know, and 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 I, and I did these things. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, and I knew I was a sinner. And so there's some sins he, he knows about, some sins he doesn't know yet. But <laughs> So salvation is for all ages. It's even for children. Yeah. Even a child needs to deal with their sin and come yeah. to Christ yeah. as their Savior. But what, what age were you when you uh, were at that camp and received Christ as your Savior? I find it very hard to identify. I remember the time my grandmother, I, told, I came home from camp and I told my grandmother I got saved, and she said, write it down in your Bible. And I never did. So that's my oh, own right. regret. Yep. I'm pretty sure... It was when I was an eight-year-old boy. When I was trying to figure it out later on, I thought it must be when I was eight. 
Okay. You know? Yeah, I have a, a similar uh, story that I I know the general time frame. Yeah. I can't can't give you the exact day and month, but the 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 day you know yeah. the actual event sticks in my mind. Right. Although I don't know the date. Yeah. So it's not that important that we know our spiritual birthday, but it's important that we have to know that we do need a spiritual birthday Absolutely. in order to be saved and to go to heaven. And be born again. Exactly. Jesus said, except for man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So you got to be born again. I got born again at that camp, praise the Lord. And I, I had to repent of my sin. I, I had to put my faith in Jesus mm. and, and his work. And it's not just that you're, it's not just by having faith. It's having faith in God. It's not just having faith in God, specifically in Jesus Christ. And it's not even just about having faith in Jesus Christ. It's got to be in what he did for us on the cross and where I put my faith in his finished work. When he mm. died on the cross, as he was dying, he said, it is finished. Right. And my faith Amen. is in yep. his work that he did for me on the cross. Yeah. 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 So from the age of eight, uh, between then and college, yeah. what what happened in your life? Did you get into a church? Did, were you discipled? Did you grow in the Lord? What was going on there? So CEF did a great job. The camps did a great job of so giving the gospel. So what is CEF? Child Evangelism Fellowship. And there's a lot of groups that they will just do gospel camps with or gospel clubs with or house clubs or whatever. So it's like a that. children's oriented evangelistic right. organization. And they were brilliant with the gospel, but the one lack... All that system was, it never got you into a church. Okay. And so you're sort of like, We're, we'll see you next year, you know? Oh, yeah. And Just, that, you're kind of on your own yeah, until yeah. we'll see you next time. And so, I, so, so that was my situation. I know they have clubs, weekly clubs and stuff like that, but nothing replaces the church. And that was the right. one downside of a, a brilliant system, but what was missing was the church. And so I was never mm. in a church. And I remember being on my bike and I was with my friends. And I remember saying to God, Lord, I'll see you later. I want to enjoy my friends. And that was my way of saying, God, I want to go my own way. And that I regret. Hmm. I was probably about 10. And from about 10 to 14, I went my own way. Right. And went down okay. a, a, a bad road for me. Yeah. It is possible to be a Christian and decide for a time that we're mm. just going to go our own way. Yeah. What was it that brought you back then after four years? I got so that? sick of it. I got so sick of it. I think, mm. actually, you know what? It was, it was, um, it, you know, it's really funny. Um, I was I was going down the wrong road. I started smoking, started drinking. I started uh, uh, doing other stuff. I don't want to mention on podcasts, but just stuff I'm ashamed of today. Got I went down a bad road, and uh, I I just I rebelled. I was rebelling against God, and I wasn't rebelling against my dad because I had nothing to rebel mm. against. You know, in that sense, mm. I was just in rebellion against God, mm. and uh, so I, I started going my own way. I was just going into the world. I was in, in just tasting everything like that the world had to offer all the all the hors d'oeuvres of the world and 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 uh, at first it was fun and i was having a great time mm -hmm. but then mm -hmm. i realized i'm miserable because you know i had god in me i mm -hmm. had jesus christ i got saved i had jesus christ in me and i knew i was wrong i knew what i was doing was wrong i had the fear of god kept me going further in some areas there's some things i kept you know god kept me pure in 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 uh, I don't know how else to put it on podcast, but I he kept me from crossing over that line, mm. even though I did so many really bad dumb stuff. He kept me from that by his mercy and his grace. But I came to a place. I remember sitting outside a pub at the age of ah fourteen or fifteen. I remember how old I was with my friends, and I just said, "I'm miserable. I hate this." And do you know what? I started reading the Bible when I was fourteen, 
And a, a friend of mine in school, I went to a Protestant school, but I, there was a few born again Christians in there. And a friend of mine says, you know, the Bible talks about uh, in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible it talks about airplanes and it talks about these feathered birds, but it's talking about airplanes. I was like, wow, really? So I started reading Revelation and it wasn't there. I was disappointed, <laughs> but that got me into reading the Bible okay. every day. Now, can I uh, just interject this sure. uh, quickly that... Um, you say you had God in you, you had the Spirit of God in yeah. you, and there was this battle in you. Yeah. And that's that's a sign that you do have a relationship with God and yeah. that the Holy Spirit is living in you. And so many young people, they don't have the Spirit of God, and they do all these things, and there's no battle. There's yeah. no internal conflict. Yeah. There might be a little bit of guilt because, you know, mom and dad wanted me to live a little better than I am. Yeah. But there's no angst about standing before God and having done these things and just living in sin. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I, I think that's that's an important point. Uh, and a lot of people think, you know, we think we're okay with God and we live however we want. Uh, but this ought to be a sign to us. Is there an internal battle when we're living in a way that's inconsistent with the way that God wants us to live? Is there conflict inside? Is there an inner battle? Is, is the Holy Spirit always speaking to us and say, you need to come into obedience and live for God. If there's not, we ought to wonder, do I even know God? Am I saved? And do I have a relationship with God? You know, my dad, when he was, um, when I was a teenager growing up, he, he fixed televisions and he had, he's, he was a television engineer as, as such, and he had his own business. And mm -hmm. so we always had um, remote control TVs and stuff like that. And when nobody else did, you know, cause that was his business. I remember one day I was watching a program and, uh, he came in behind me and I didn't know he was there. He started changing the plan, started changing the channels. I said, I said, what's wrong with this remote? And I pressed the button again and he was behind changing the channels. And, uh, and then he started yeah. laughing and I realized there he was behind me changing the channels. But that illustrates something we do. Mm. When, when, when God starts to work in our life, we change channels. Mm. That's a great analogy. And, and, and you know, um, we can shut off the Holy Spirit. We can press the mute button. Mm -hmm. We can press the off button. We can shut off God. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets us into big trouble because God will just leave us. He'll just leave us. It's like mm -hmm. the Bible says in the Old Testament, I will go uh, and return to my place until, they, until you acknowledge your transgression and mm -hmm. seek my face. In your affliction, you will seek me early. And you know, the thing is, sometimes things have to go, become on top of us and weigh us down so mm -hmm. we can cop on to ourselves. Sometimes we just need to shake, be shaken into reality. And that's what needed to happen with me. I need to get so sick of my sin. But what helped me, even though in one sense I was pressing the mute button on the Holy Spirit and turning off God, I was reading the Bible every day. And, and for two years, I was away from God, but reading the Bible every day. I remember keeping a diary. It, it was obviously thrown out because I don't know where it went to. But I would say how much I hated my, my, my dad remarried. And I'd say how much I hated my parents. And then and then I'd have Bible verse, <laughs> my Bible reading for today. And how mm -hmm. hypocritical. But mm -hmm. yet God used that in my life mm. because reading the word of God started dealing with my heart. Wow. Yeah. And doesn't that really speak of the love of God? Mm. I mean, I mean that God is long suffering and merciful. Mm. And, and the Bible says that uh, you know we we do sin, even as believers, we we're going to sin because we have sin natures. But God is faithful. He's faithful, and uh, and so we never totally fall out of relationship and lose the Holy Spirit. No. Yeah. Even though we're unfaithful, because God is always faithful. Yeah. And so, 
you know, if you're thinking about salvation, if you're wondering if salvation is for you in a relationship with Christ, I would just say God is loving and merciful and gracious. And uh, I think it was you that mentioned uh, uh, our last podcast together. You had mentioned that um, so many people think of God as just an angry, vengeful, bring down the hammer kind of mm -hmm. God. But in your own life, that wasn't your experience. Not at all. I have never... I don't have a Catholic background, so I was. It, 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 the reason why I keep saying this is because when I was growing up, my Catholic friends were had this view of God that God's going to hammer you if you if you do wrong. Mm -hmm. They were all doing wrong. I did not have good friends, um, uh. but the point is that I never had that view of God. I always had a. I always had a view of God as being a gracious, loving God, but mm. I was grieving him. I was turning off his power. I was pressing the mute button, pressing the off button. He was mm -hmm. always there. He was always there, but I had shut him off, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then at the age of 16, it, it was too much for me. I remember being at home and being doing something I shouldn't have been doing in a place I shouldn't have been. And uh, I don't need to go into the details. That's my own private life. Um, but God got a hold of my heart and I said, that's it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Mm. And I remember just saying, God, I'm just giving my life back to you. Mm. That was the turning point in my life. Wow. Okay. Mm. So everything, everything kind of took a turn. Absolutely. changed at the age of 16 when you mm. fully yielded to, yeah. to God. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, do you want to just just to wrap up here? I mean, this is your the testimony of how you came to Christ, and yeah. we you've kind of told it here. But just uh, very briefly, could you just kind of walk us through how how did you uh, you know how how did God speak to your heart? How did you end up being a Baptist pastor? Then? Okay, well, I suppose you, you, the turning point was at the age of sixteen. Then my dad started hanging around. I mean, it was like God was working in all of our family. We'd all been struggling for years, you know. The marriage breakup obviously just had a massive, massive toll on our family. And, and uh, so we all started going back to church about that time, maybe a little bit before. And we, we, we uh, I started hanging around a, um, a, a good young lad and choosing your friends. <laughs> so important. Choose your right. friends carefully. As a man thinketh in his heart, uh, so is he. You know the Bible mm -hmm. says, and 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 uh, but evil communications corrupt good manners. So and that means is bad friends will corrupt your lifestyle. And, you know, right. and, mm -hmm. and so I started to uh, hang around uh, a good young lad, and he was he was a good influence on my life. We would pray together, we'd read the Bible together, we'd talk together about the Lord, and he was the only person I knew who was thinking that way, and. That was from about 16 to 18. We started going to this church and it wasn't, you know, I'm not going to name the church. It just wasn't very strong. It was just sort of like weak. It was just like having, um, we, we call it milk toast Christianity. I don't know how else to word it, but it was just wasn't, a, I like steak. You know, my, one of my favorite meals is steak. I love a strip loin steak or a sirloin steak. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the word of God, give me the meat, get, get right. into it. Give me the food. Give me the, I want to chew on the word of God. And, yeah. and I remember the preacher in this previous church I was in, I won't name the church. He was preaching a message on apathy and I was a teenager. And I remember thinking, he's apathetic himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he had this acrostic of apathy and I just thought, he's so dead inside. But that's true. A lot of times when you're yeah. preaching, you know, you are preaching to yourself. Yeah. You're thinking, boy, <laughs> this is for me. I need this. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but, but yeah. the thing is, it was so empty and I got nothing out of that. Wow. And so I had to go to a church where I heard the word of God preached that challenged me, that convicted me, mm -hmm. that worked on my heart. I didn't ever, the churches, I, I never, I don't remember even once 
getting convicted of sin in the churches I was in. Oh, wow. It was mm-hmm. either my friends, my good friend, or it's just what God was doing in my life personally. I got nothing out of it, nothing. Mm. And that's tragic. Yeah. But then we went to a church in Tala that preached the word of God. I was 18 at this stage. And wow, did that preacher preach? <laughs> you know, he's now retired, the same preacher. He, uh, But he... I remember his sermons to this day. Hmm. He was energetic. He, I would say he was filled with the Spirit of God. He loved the Word of God. He loved the Bible. He would explain the Bible. And you'd be challenged. And you'd go away thinking for the rest of the week of what he said. I said, whoa, this is different. I loved it. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Yeah. That was the age of 18. Amen. Wow. And then... Um well, obviously, God called you to be a preacher then yourself. Okay, well, what happened there was then I, I knew I needed to be baptized because, I mean, it was a Baptist church. Now, the other churches I went to were called Baptist churches, but they were very weak on the Baptist side of things is all I can say. And uh, But this church would, would was was explaining, you're saved now, the next step is baptism. Because well, Baptist church, I mean, it sort of fits together, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, so I was baptized, and then they were starting a Bible institute for to train people for ministry and i was like i'm in i'm in mm. and god was working in my heart burning my heart I was praying for my country all the time and praying for this land all the time and mm. praying for people and and i want to be trained for ministry but there was a conflict of interest because my dad had labored so hard for me put me through private education in a private protestant school paying out of his own pocket so that i could get a what he called a decent education because it wasn't easy for him. He 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 got his diploma. He didn't even get a full degree, but he was working, raising us at the same time and going to school at night to get a diploma in, in electronics so he could have his own business. And he, he just said to himself, I, I don't I want I don't want, I don't want that for my kids. I want them to have a good education so they can have a good start to life. Mm-hmm. So now I've got, I'm at a quagmire here. What do I do? I want to go to Bible school, but yet my next step, I've, I've done my leaving cert. <clears throat> I didn't get good enough grades to get into university. I didn't work hard enough, to be honest with you. Um, so I had to repeat my leaving cert. Okay, I'm repeating my leaving cert. But I want to go to Bible college. I don't want I, I want to go to this Bible Institute. And yet my dad has explained to me, he wants me to go to university. So I get to Bible, biblical studies and I'm going to this church. Okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm working my way up to this. So it's a bit of a long story here. So I'm, I'm doing biblical studies and I'm hearing this stuff I'd never heard before called JEDP theory, called mm, Q mm. document theory, called higher criticism, lower criticism, which is also called textual criticism. I'm hearing all this stuff. Basically what academics use to tear down the Bible yeah. and say the Bible isn't true. Yeah, exactly. It's not historical. And I'm told, you know, about the synoptic gospels that there was an underlying document called the Q document. I said, where is it? Oh, we don't know where it is. Well, how did you, how do you know it's there? Well, because this gospel between the lines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then JDP theory that Jehovah Witnesses, Jeho- not Jehovah Witnesses, Jehovah Witnesses <laughs> wrote part of the the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. But then the Elohists came along, and then the priesthood, priestly people came along, the Deuteronomists came along, and they were all redacting and changing the Bible. So and, basically, they're attacking your foundation and yeah. planting the seeds of unbelief yeah. in you, making you doubt your entire faith, which rests on the Bible. And then, and then, and, and then Genesis, the Genesis uh, account of creation is a myth. I said, no, it's not. Oh, no, we have to understand. A myth, a myth doesn't mean it's not true. A myth means that it's a legend. It's a story. And it's just like. That's enhanced. They I, enhanced the story. I said, no, no, no. Oh. Everything I heard in Trinity concerning theology was 
everything I did not believe. I lasted nine and a half weeks. I loved Greek. I did Greek there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, would you say it was from the standpoint of unbelief? They did not believe the Bible at all. My Greek uh, teacher seemed to believe the Bible, but 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 the, the other the other mm. um, the the other uh, lecturers and one of them ended up being the head of the whole theological department rejected the Bible. And I'm just thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing teaching the Bible? You don't even believe the Bible. It yeah. didn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't make any sense to me to yeah. to study the Bible and go into that field of biblical studies when you don't believe it. But the crucial thing was for you. I, I went to, to to Trinity with a, a friend of mine called Reuben. We had met in, in the previous church I'd been in. And I said, Reuben, I'm getting out of here. He stayed with us. Last time I met Reuben, after he got his degree, he says, I don't believe in God anymore. Wow. It took away <clears throat> his faith. That's evil. Yeah, that That's is. That's evil. That's wrong. Yes. So, as I said, my friend Reuben lost his faith, but I bailed out before my faith was going to be destroyed. By You know, when you hear lies long enough, you start to believe it. And I found it was starting to undermine my faith. And, and something within me said, this is wrong. And my pastor, again, the same man who's, who's, who has retired. and he, he went to England and pastored there for a while. Apparently he had a very good ministry. He's retired. But he said, he, he gave me Colossians 2.8. No, he told me about it, but God gave me Colossians 2.8. And he said, let no man uh, spoil you with philosophy and vain deceit. After the philosophy of this mm -hmm. world, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. And God used Colossians 2.8 to say, that's it, I'm done. Hmm. And uh, when I told dad I was leaving hmm. university, he was devastated. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> he wasn't happy. Yeah. You're wrecking your life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Throwing I mean, it all away. Well, you know what? You got to see his perspective. He wanted me to get a degree because he, he, life was hard for him. And he didn't want me to have the same difficulty. So mm -hmm. what I ended up doing was going to the Bible Institute in 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 my church that I was in, and then and then I reapplied, and I had gotten better points. I reapplied um, for engineering, got engineering two weeks before starting engineering. Went down to my aunt, and she's. I said, "Tell me, your 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 son is doing engineering. My cousin's doing engineering. Uh, what's the workload like?" And she said, 35 hours of lectures, fifteen hours a week of tutorials." And I thought to myself, "There's no way I can do this." So I went to my tutor in Trinity. Two weeks before starting, and I said, uh, either any other, I think his name was Dr. Foley, as far as I remember now, I'm trying to remember his name, I just came, and I said, are there any other options? And he said, there's a course called Management Science and Information Systems Studies, it's half the workload, you might be able to do that and do biblical studies at the same time in your in your church. And uh, I ended up getting a degree in Management Science and Information Systems Studies. Mm, okay, <laughs> okay. So that's my story, so. Yeah, wow, interesting. fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I do want to... Um, uh, to just try to relate this uh, to our viewers, and I think there is so much that's relatable. I'm sure a lot yeah. of people could, uh, especially young people, maybe could see themselves uh, where you said you were at. And uh, I guess what I want to leave our viewers with is that, um, you know, maybe you're in that place where, uh, where you know, you have some spiritual conviction, and you think, you know, at some point I want to get right with God. And uh, I've, I've talked to, so this is heartbreaking, but I've talked to many people who, mm -hmm. who tell me, I do want to read the Bible and I do want to get right with God, but just not right now. Yeah. And, uh, but you do have to come to that place where, um, where you meet Jesus Christ on a personal level. And if, if you're going through life and you just have general 
beliefs about who Jesus is and what Jesus did, that is not enough. And, uh, you know, maybe you've felt some tugging in your heart. Maybe you feel God drawing you to himself and you're just wondering, is this for me? Let me just tell you that today is the day of salvation. And you do need to come to that place where uh, Pastor Les and myself, I had that experience when I was 24. You need to just give in to God and say, enough of living for myself and living for the world. I want to have this relationship with God and to know that my sins are forgiven and that I have a home in heaven for all of eternity. It's not yours until you come to Christ and receive him, as you said, as a personal Savior. Jesus is a personal Savior. Uh, It's not enough to have general knowledge about him. Uh, You have to receive him personally and can you tell us very briefly how to do that? How does a person receive Christ personally? Well, you know, it's interesting for me. Um, I got down on my knees and that was to humble myself before God. And I think there's no harm in humbling ourselves before God. Right. And I and I acknowledged my sin. Now, I don't remember the acknowledgement bit. I don't. But I presume I would have just confessed my sin and uh, realized I have, I have sinned against God. I've lied. I've said words I shouldn't have said, maybe said God's name in vain. When I was growing up, it was anathema. It was, whoa, you never say God's name in vain. When I got really angry, I did. And then I'd say sorry. But, you know, saying sorry doesn't fix, doesn't doesn't mean you didn't do it. I did it. I broke the law. Mm-hmm. You know, I can smash a priceless vase and say, I'm sorry, but it doesn't put the vase back together again. Mm-hmm. I still broke God's law and I offended God. And so I had to ask him to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And so then I then I received him. The Bible says, to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. I received Jesus as my personal savior uh, by asking him, please forgive me, please come into my life, save me, forgive me. I want you, I want you in my life, I want you. And uh, I received him as my personal savior. Okay, so uh, you receive Christ by believing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, really, really uh, by repenting of your sin, right. just acknowledging that you are a sinner yeah. and that without Christ, you would perish in your sin. Yeah. Um, I believed in hell. I really did. I believed there's a hell. I really mm-hmm. did. I still do, you know. Mm-hmm. If heaven is real, hell is real. You can't separate the two, you know. Mm-hmm. So if that day of salvation hasn't happened in your life yeah. where you came to the place where you stand before God and confess that you are a sinner and call upon Jesus Christ as your Savior and believe in his death, burial, and resurrection for you, believe that in your heart, uh, then you need to do that. Let me invite you to do that today. And if you have any questions about that, please reach out. Contact Pastor Les. Contact Mm me. Uh, You can do that uh, on Facebook through Messenger or email us. Uh, But reach out to us on on Messenger. We'll be glad to answer any questions you have. We'd even be glad to meet with you personally. Absolutely. uh, If if you'd like that. Uh, But otherwise, come out and visit us uh, for a service and drop in for Bible study for a time of worship. And I promise you, it will bless your heart. We would love to see you. I want to bring back a something important part of my testimony as well. Okay. Um, you have you've had a theme over the last few podcasts about honoring. You know, Pastor mm. Jean talked about that last time, and and then we talked about it before when my son came on as well. And we talked about it. Mm-hmm. That's a major part of my testimony because when I left Trinity Biblical Studies, I was battling. 
because I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to preach God's word. I wanted to do Bible studies. I didn't want to seek after a career. And I remember working in the garden, digging up the a plot to sow seed for something. I don't remember. We live in the country and, and uh, God was working in my heart. Honor your father, honor your father, honor your father. Hmm. And the only way I could honor my dad was to go back to Trinity, reapply for engineering, which ended up being information system studies. But anyway, but re- reapplying for college and doing that and biblical studies at the same time. Wow. So I end up doing, you know, if you like two degrees at the same time, mm. I, I, you know which one I en- enjoyed more. You can probably guess that one. But <laughs> but God gave me the grace and I got the degree in, in mm-hmm. from Trinity because, not because I, the main thing for me is I honoured my dad. And mm. this is why it's so important as well, because if you can't honor your dad, how are you going to get your children to honor you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that relates so well to the last podcast. Absolutely. Go back and watch that with Pastor Gene that was discussed. But that's yeah. a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. And if I can just close by saying one thing, if you have already received Jesus Christ, don't allow yourself to become empty. You know, don't run on empty. You need to find yourself a good Bible-believing church. Right. You need to be baptized. You need to join the church. You need to get involved because that's where the life of Christ becomes real. And uh, Pastor Steve will help you in any way you can. He can, you know. Right, right. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Mm-hmm.